Welcome to The Bridge, a resource designed to empower families with tools and insights into timely topics in the lives of school-aged children. And now, with more than 20 years' experience in private and public education, here's your host, Devin Kleffer. Well, hey, welcome to this episode of The Bridge. I'm Devin Kleffer, your host, and we are sitting down with Director of Athletics, Matt Coleman. And Matt, welcome to The Bridge. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. And can I just say, this is awesome music. It's so <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad we're going to relax you because then we're going to come at you with some questions. Okay, great. Um, I'm excited to sit down with you, Matt, because as former athlete, as a former coach, I have just been so impressing what you have brought to Monta Vista from all of your travels and previous stops and have really turned Mustang athletics into something to be not only as a fan to, to cheer about, but also as uh, as a parent to, to know that my kids are going to go into an athletic program that's going to not just focus on their athletic talents, but so much more of who they are as human beings. So I'd really like to talk to you about that on this episode of The Bridge. And let's just kind of begin um, at maybe the most obvious place to begin. And that is from your opinion, from your experience, Matt, how do athletics actually help prepare these kids, these young adults for life in general, beyond the court, beyond the field? Oh, man, uh, I love this question. And you know the answers to this, <laughs> I do, but I, do. I have to Full articulate confession. it, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know the answers. Um, being a former student athlete, um, I think in my years of experience, I've, I'm going in either my 23rd or 24th year. It kind of mm. all runs together, so yeah, I can't remember right. if it's 23rd or 24th. <laughs> my wife may remember. Um, but as, as I was a part of athletics and then becoming an, an athletic director and then a coach, mm. Over the years, I began seeing uh, what not to do, right. and even some of the mistakes that I made earlier in my career, where it was just all about the wins and right. the losses. Right, right. right. We've all been yes. to that stage, yes. and I began seeing um, some organizations and some schools put together what we would call what we refer to here as a three-dimensional um, approach. Okay, and I think that's really our secret sauce. Wow. Okay. Um, and I don't know if I really want to give it all out uh, because then you know it's kind of like Chick Fil A. Right. Once you know the, Once the, you secret, know the secret, sauce, secret recipe, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're done. You don't have to go there anymore. <laughs> so just entrust us with your kids. We'll take care of the rest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And do we get free Chick-fil-A every time we I mention think so. that on yeah, this they, episode? They will be a sponsor of this, no doubt, after this. Okay, great, great. <laughs> well, when we look um, into the three-dimensional approach, you know, I think a lot of schools do the first dimension well. Mm -hmm. So you look at coaches and coach and staff athletic departments that focus on power, cardio, right. um, speed, the tactics, the techniques right. of that particular sport, repetition. All of schools, I think, or most schools do that particularly well. Yeah. But I think what really sets us apart is when you start getting into that second dimension. So you have the fundamentals of the sport, that first dimension is kind of the body component. Yes. When you start getting into the second dimension and you combine the mind with that, um, the three-dimensional approach really calls that dualism. That's really where you start seeing a difference in NBC athletics. Absolutely, yes. And uh, talking about the complete student athlete. And so the second dimension that's really about motivation, all of us are motivated in a different way. Mm. And so it really is our privilege as coaches and athletic staff to look at each of our student athletes that are in front of us day in and day out. 
you kind of look at it and say, how is each student athlete motivated mm. in order to give them that confidence in order to succeed in that particular sport, whatever right. they're doing. Right. So in that second dimension, you're dealing with motivation. Mm. You're dealing with confidence. Um, what breaks their confidence? Um, I know growing up, my brother and I were pretty competitive in soccer. We're both motivated completely different ways. Mm. And uh, my brother, on one hand, is more of a, if a coach comes around him and being more of a conversation, I'm on the other end where a coach really had to get up in my grill. Yes. And that's how I responded, you know, just getting right in my grill. (laughs) Uh, But then you're also dealing with the emotions of a student athlete, what they're bringing to the table that particular day, because the old adage of just suck it up, kid, I don't know what your problem is today. Right. That really doesn't go well. It does not. And... You know, seeing what a student athlete may be going through during their academic day or even before school, mm. um, having them come into practice and some of the emotions just kind of fly out because this is the first time all day that they're able to just kind of expound on what's been happening to them. Right. And it takes place on the athletic field. Right. And I think we used to look at that as we have a schedule to maintain, we've got to do these things rather than, and it looked at it as a nuisance, rather than look at it as an opportunity right. yes. to really minister to our student athletes. Right. Um, and then it's also about team cohesion, how they get along with teammates that are different than them and, uh, and goal setting. And so that second dimension is one that we're focusing on, uh, in our athletic department. Yes. Part of that that we're doing is we implemented a, a new system with our varsity teams where on a daily basis during their season, they'll be able to take a quick survey. Mm. And in that survey, they'll be able to, t- uh, really reflect on, how many um, glasses of water that they drank during the day? Okay. How many meals that they ate? Yeah. How many hours that they slept? Uh, be able to less or list the stressors in their life. Uh, is it is it COVID? Is it something outside of sports? Is it the sport itself? Right. Is it our new sports performance coach that is really <laughs> just kicking their tail right yes, now? Right. Yes. Um, being able to list those stressors where it allows us to go into uh, their surveys and. It actually gives us kind of a red flag. Mm. If a student athlete, say, goes two or three days with only four hours of sleep each day, right? that allows us to kind of sit down with that student athlete and say, hey, can we help you? Mm. No, you're not getting a lot of sleep. In order for you to perform in the classroom and outside the classroom yeah. on the field or the court, you need to be able to get sleep. Right. So how can we wrap our arms around you and help you get what you need in order to succeed? I love this because growing up in an era where it was very much like you described, it was the coach very dictatorial, right? Go do this, go yes. block here. This is your technique. I, I'm, I'm almost afraid to confess this on the record, but grew up in a time where we weren't allowed to have water during practice or games because that was considered a weakness, <laughs> right? right. And, and now we have, we've, of course, we know much better that hydration is actually helps performance. What a thought. So true. Yeah. <laughs> But you're talking about something even more profound, Matt, where talking about really understanding who these kids are as Mm. individuals. And you talk about like the sleep game and even tracking your sleep. Man, that's huge for adults who aren't involved in athletics and how big of an impact that has in our daily lives as parents, as workers at wherever we may work. So I I love that we're bringing this extra facet into understanding these kids, these young adults as individual people with very different needs, with very different goals and, and things like that. that. That is outstanding to hear. What are some of the other things as a prospective parent of a Monta Vista student athlete can I expect from the coaching staff, from the athletic department as far as getting to know my kid? 
Yeah, I think um, it actually corresponds with that third dimension. Yeah. So you, you know, you've got the body component, you have the mind component, and then that third and final dimension is really about its holism. It's the spirit. Mm. It goes deeper than the skin. It goes right to their heart, and we call it in our athletic program is. You know, it's going beyond the jersey and coaching mm. to the heart, capturing the heart yeah. is what we call it. Well, that's great. You know as well as I do that being a student athlete, if you know that your coach cares about you beyond the sport itself, right? Um, you're going to get a lot more from that student athlete, right. and they're right. going to invest holistically into your particular program. Yes. And there's going to be a sense of buy-in. Had the versus an athlete that says, "Hey, all he cares or all she cares about is just the bottom line: how many yards that I can get, how right. many points that I right. can score." Right. So that third dimension really is about um, the identity of an athlete. Yeah. And what we're really trying to accomplish there is finding out where their identity lies. Mm. If their identity lies in that they define themselves as just a football player or a basketball player or a lacrosse player, whatever it may be. Right. We want to show them here, just like every other teacher and staff member is doing at NBC, that they are so much more than that, mm. um, and that they are a creation of Christ. Yes, and they have characteristics, right? Some that are really good, and some that need to be refined a bit more. <laughs> right? Yes, I'm at the front of that line, but go ahead. Yeah, and so <laughs> it, it really is our again privilege yeah. to work alongside them and show them their identity is that they are a unique creation of Christ. Mm. There is nobody else like them on this earth exactly like them. And right. so we want to show them what their characteristics are yeah. and ask questions to them of where is their significance? Is it in their role on the team? Is it how many points that they score? How much time that they spend on the field or the court? Mm. Um, where is their self-worth? Yes. Uh, their values and their purpose. Right. So our goal is to work with our parents and to really, in that third dimension, uh, show them that there's so much more than an athlete. Mm. You really put yourself in a box when you just say, I am this. Right. But when you say you're creation of Christ, oh yes. man, that opens up so much more. Well, I love this for several reasons, Pat, and you touched on this, and it's not just one coach doing this, but it's certainly it's the the entire athletic department. That's right. But it's also it's campus wide because we see this in the classroom as well. That's right. And and I'm looking at some of the the kids that have filled in and out of my classroom over the years and and how that approach in the classroom has made such a big difference. When you can come alongside kids for that unexpected hurdle or challenge that pops up in life, whether that's a family emergency or or whatever else it may be, and understanding those kids, building those relationships. And you said this, and I'll just kind of reemphasize, and that is you get so much more out of those kids. And by more, I don't mean necessarily work production, right. but I mean relationship depth. Yes, and And that's the thing, in my opinion, that carries on beyond the field, beyond the classroom, and years after graduation, when they're coming back for homecoming, when they're inviting you to Ooh. their weddings and, and all yep. these other things. So let's kind of go back to the question we began with, and that is, how does this actually transfer to the real world? Whether it's as they're in high school or beyond graduation, what are some of these approaches gaining the student athletes that come through the Monta Vista Christian program? When you uh, coach with a, or really have ministry to a student athlete in that three-dimensional approach, this goes along with this sport as it does in life, is that um, they learn skills quicker because there's Mm. this sense of Mm. buy-in. They work harder. 
uh, because they feel like that they are part of part of that goal and just as valued as anyone else. Yeah. And so by going beyond high school and into college, you've been a part of something where you're learning, uh, you're working hard together as a group. Um, even from the respect of, you know, you see student athletes, they recover from injury quicker yeah, uh, because right. you've got this team approach, right? So they kind of take that mindset to whatever college they're going to or vocational school um, and into real life. Mm-hmm. And then you see that they're adaptable uh, to new conditions. Yes, um, absolutely. And I think that's given the year that we've gone through. Um, I think that's valuable uh, yes. for all of our students across the board. And they learn basic life lessons from sport that I think mm. a lot of people look at it and just say, hey, it's a Friday night football game. But when you see over the season, when they go from beginning to the end of the season, the life lessons they learn about heartache, about defeat, right. about resiliency, about the thrill of victory, about being humble, um, those are life lessons that will carry on uh, to this day, both you and I, yes. former athletes, Love to say that I'm a current athlete, but I can't put myself in that, <laughs> yeah, right, that definition yes. right now. <laughs> Part of who we are is because of the sports that we played, right. and right or wrong, whether we had a good role model or a not so good role model, uh, we've learned life lessons from all of our coaches as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that. In fact, it's it's been a while since I've laced it up and, and stepped <laughs> on a football field, but I will say that those lessons learned so so frequently carry over to everyday life and not just in the vocation as being a professional educator, but just in life as a human being, as a dad, as, right. as, as a husband and, and so many other places. And that's one of the things that I really wish that every kid, regardless of ability, would find a place on a roster somewhere to be involved because of the growth that you get from that, which kind of let me transition to that kind of brings it up. You know, we have at Montevista Christian, there's this really unique and dynamic setup where a great number of our kids kind of cross over and, and not cross over from fall sports to winter sports to spring sports, but cross over from arts and visual and performing arts to a sports field or a court. And I think that, that is very unique, especially in, in our current area. From your perspective, Matt, what is something when it comes to looking across our diverse student body and looking at the kids that are involved in athletics? Why do you think, one, that they are drawn to Montevista Christian Athletics? And two, I, from your perspective, why do you think that others might be on the fence? And what what can we say to them or perhaps their families to draw them in to be part of this incredible experience and, and lifelong lessons? Mm. Great question. I think our student athletes or why students come uh, to Monta Vista Christian and particularly for athletics is they feel like that they are a part of something that's simply bigger than themselves. Mm. I think we all have that nature within us to feel like we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. And I think that's some of the heartache uh, and the struggle that we went through this year, especially when we were confined to our own spaces, of we weren't able to feel like we were a, really a part of something bigger mm-hmm. than ourselves. And, you know, let me give you a good example. Our cross-country program, uh, Coach Lanham does a phenomenal job. Yes. One of the things that he's implemented uh, into that program is uh, the day before their meet, um, they will spend time, and this was pre-COVID days, right, where they they would actually learn with a team parent and the coaches there and the student athletes, they all had a job to do mm. cooking a meal. Wow. 
and they would learn, they learned how to cook. So it was something that they could learn that they could take with them later on in life. Yes. Along with building relationships with those teammates um, and cooking together and then breaking bread and eating together. Yes. And uh, Coach Lanham even said yesterday in uh, his team parent meeting, I, I, I remember this, I was standing in the back and just listening to him. And he said, I think there's something very biblical about breaking bread yes. because there's a lots of different types of conversations that will come around that table. It's very communal. Absolutely. That is a program that there's not necessarily, uh, you might have a number of runners, um, avid runners, but I would say that probably the majority of them kind of fell into that because mm. they wanted to be a part of something bigger than themselves and they yes. feel like they're a community. Right. So right. I think that's what we have to offer. Each of our programs has something unique uh, in that respect. And I think that's what draws uh, students to our school, along with winning helps as well. <laughs> that never hurts. Yes. That never hurts. Well, let's pivot a little bit because, again, as as a former athlete and then even as a former coach, you know, my my son, who will be uh, late 20s, I don't know how that's possible, but late 20s here in the next coming weeks, uh, he grew up and I coached around the time that he was going through through high school and stuff, and inevitably there were these parents, and I don't know if you've heard of them, Matt, but there are these parents who believed that their kid was going to get the D1 scholarship to uh, the D1A schools in whatever sport without question. And, you know, um, parents were there, and especially with the advent of the iPhone and iPad, boy, we, we've got the um, the parent coach uh, on the sidelines shooting film, making the highlight reel, all these things. Um, and there was a time where that was quite frankly, that was a tremendous detriment to high school athletics and to coaching in Mm. in so many ways. It it was a distraction in so many ways. But now we've kind of come to a time where, you know what, there's an opportunity. And I I think this new crop of student athletes is realizing this and, and hopefully their families are too. But there's an entirely new crop and a new mindset, understanding that my kid doesn't need to go D1A for whatever sport, but there might be a place where my kid can go and continue his or her passion, continue his or her athletic growth, but also maybe even um, help to offset some of the expenses of college. And that could be at a D1, it could be at a D2, it could be at a D3. And Mm -hmm. so Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, what kind of opportunities exist for, and I'm just painting with broad strokes here, but just kind of that that middle of the road, that common athlete? I think, well, number one, uh, I don't know what kind of parents you're talking about. <laughs> Never in my 23, 24 years That's, of history. That yeah. is, wow. It's incredible, isn't well, it? It must have just been when I was coaching. That. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm originally from the East Coast. Maybe it was an East Coast thing. I don't know. Yes, must have been. Um that is a, uh, a great question. And I think a lot of times the middle, um, I think they say in families that you got the oldest child and the youngest child, but the middle child is the one that kind of gets lost yes. in the shuffle. Just ask Jan Brady. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> think about it. It, it. It's the same thing with a, what we would call a middle of the road, you know, student athlete. Yeah. Um, and I think we have been recently going through a transformation of uh, when I came here of trying to find a system where it was really a systematic and really an efficient way of providing an opportunity for all of mm. our student athletes to be able to, if they wanted to compete at the next level, at the collegiate level, right. to be able to do that. And I think we were uh, we didn't have the tools, and so we um, 
did a lot of research for roughly about a year mm-hmm. and found that uh, sports recruits uh, is is what we use. And it has really been a game changer. We actually just started using it this school year. Wow. And um, I think September, uh, no, August the 23rd, uh, we have a Zoom meeting with uh, a lot of our parents. I think cur- currently we have close to 50 uh, families signed up. Wow. And um, talking about how they can have their child participate or compete at the collegiate level. And I think um, it gives us that opportunity to provide our student athletes uh, with that a professional yet personalized uh, approach. Mm-hmm. And it allows the entire family to go on this journey. So it's just not the coach's role right. to do this. Right. In fact, I would say that most of the responsibility lies on the student athlete and the parents. Mm. The coach helps with that, navigates through that journey. But what this particular tool does for us is it gives the student athletes the tools from the very beginning to the very end of their recruiting wow. journey. Wow. But I think it's important for parents to understand that they have that opportunity that if their student athlete is in the middle of the road, they could play at Division One, Division Two, Three, even NAIA. And there's yeah. even some that may not get any academic help mm-hmm. uh, or what I would say any financial help. Right. However... I still think it's valuable. Absolutely. That they could go to a school, get great academics, um, and be a student athlete at the same time and play this sport that they love, mm. uh, possibly even at a smaller school. Right. Why not do that if you can do that? Right. And I think a lot of uh, parents even miss the opportunity in student athletes of when they go even to a big D1A type school. And I'll tell you what, their club programs yeah. are just as competitive as some NAIA or even Division right. Three. Right. Right. I mean, it's a great opportunity for them to compete and, again, learn life lessons while they're in college. Right. Uh, so sports recruits just, um, it offers really an, ex- uh, an extensive program where every college program in the country is listed. And student athletes are allowed to um, list their target schools. Mm. What that allows us to do is it this particular program provides profile analytics. So it helps the student athlete uh, really digest and set realistic goals. So for example, if we have that particular student athlete that feels like they're a division one, they can choose their target schools as division Mm one. But if they're not getting any messaging back from those universities, we don't actually have to tell them. Now we can as a coaching staff and athletic staff, um, and we want to be open and honest with them. Sure. But if they're not getting any communication back within this particular program, that kind of sends a message to them that, hmm, I'm not getting any communication from any of these schools. I might need to think about other options. Yeah. And that allows us to really hit on, I, I, I always tell student athletes that um, throw your nets wide. Mm. Even though here in California, we have some student athletes, like for example, last year that said, um, I just want to stay in the state of California. Yeah. I'm like, okay, um, what about San Diego? Well, yeah, that's in California. Okay. Uh, so that's eight hours away approximately. Right. So what about casting your net just eight hours east? Mm. And let's see how many more opportunities that gives you even outside of the Great state. Great idea. But it, and so that allows them to kind of see the opportunities. And they don't have to choose those opportunities, but it lets them see how many opportunities they have throughout the entire United States. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. And it's one of those things where, wow, if this would have been around when I played. I know. (laughs) What a great opportunity. And I will just say, uh, and this comes from having been recruited as an athlete, this comes from being a a coach at at the varsity level, that 
for families, if you're listening to this and you've kind of had in your mindset, it's kind of like D1 or bust. I think it's important. And Matt, by all means, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think it's important to understand that it's great to have those big city bright light dreams of the D1A school. You also have to yep. realize that they own your every moment of every day. You, they do. It, it is beyond saying that it's a job. And that can have some advantages. That can have some extreme disadvantages. But I, I think that if you are a young student athlete or a family that has a young student athlete in your midst and perhaps is not the D1A type, I think there's some really beautiful things that come out of those D2, D3 schools because yep. you get that experience you often find yourself in a new geographic location and you are, you are not punching a clock, uh, and, and, and being owned by quite frankly, this, this intellectual property that is the university of whatever that's right. Who's there to just merely win games. So I really think there's some beautiful stuff there, Matt. I know we've got, uh, you said a zoom call coming up. What are some other steps that if, if a family is listening to this right now and say, Oh, maybe we need to get involved or at least explore a little bit more without commitment. What are the next steps for Mustang parents to kind of go down this journey? Oh, they just simply need to email me okay. at Matt Coleman at mvcs.org. All right. Put, put that in there. Um, they, uh, they just simply need to start the conversation with me, and then uh, we can help them along the way. And so we have organized Zoom meetings, uh, even on-campus meetings, where we can show them how to be a part of sports recruits, and it's very easy. In fact, last year when we were kind of piloting the program with a few student-athletes, yeah. I had one. Uh, I asked one father, I said, hey, how was the experience? He said, I wish you would have had this the year before, because <laughs> he said, I can't tell you how many hours that I spent wow. looking for all of the schools that would be a right fit. And with this particular system, within a mere three to five minutes, yeah. you can look at the major that you want to, you know, wow. be a part of, oh, wow. along with the sports offered within three to five minutes, you can see every offer that's available to you in amazing. the entire United States. Amazing. So they just need to step forward, send an email, yeah. and then we'll show them uh, the next step. That is outstanding. Matt, thank you for hanging out with us today on The Bridge. Yeah, this was awesome. I loved it. Well, we'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's going to wrap up this episode of The Bridge. As always, you can swing on by mecpodcast.com and find our complete collection of shows. And don't forget, you can also swing by Apple Podcasts or Spotify for our complete archive as well. That's going to wrap up this time on The Bridge. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Bridge, a production of Monta Vista Christian School in Watsonville, California. MVC is a private international baccalaureate day and boarding school first established in 1926. To learn more about MVC, please visit us online at mvcs.org. Thank you.